Last week, the state of Israel celebrated its 73rd anniversary of its existence. And in honor of that auspicious occasion, I'm going to explain why Orthodox Jews are against Zionism. Welcome to Committing High Reason, a podcast where we dissect important topics such as good versus evil, religion versus atheism, Judaism versus Zionism, and our pet peeve, political propaganda. Committing High Reason will give you tools to strengthen your intellectual independence, enhance your critical thinking, and hopefully acquire some very new perspectives. Now, here's your host, Rabbi Yaakov Shapiro. To be sure, Orthodox Jews or Orthodox Judaism is certainly against Zionism, always was, is, and always will be. There are Groups of Orthodox Jews, to be sure, Jews who consider themselves Orthodox, who also consider themselves Zionists, but those Jews even have different names for themselves. They're not just Orthodox Jews. They call themselves either uh, Datilumi, national religious. Those are like the settlers, who are mostly in Israel. And then there are the modern Orthodox. They're specific names they call themselves. But the regular Orthodox Judaism before the settlers came to exist and before modern Orthodoxy came to exist, in any case, regular traditional Orthodox Jews are by and large, more than by and large, much more than by and large, against Zionism. In fact, there was recently a survey in a Orthodox Jewish magazine, a survey, by the way, the content of which was tied to a very pro-Zionist organization, but nonetheless... 80% of Orthodox Jews asked said, no, they are not Zionists. And no, it's not just a fringe, not just Satma, not just Nature Karta, even though Zionists and anti-Semites want you to believe that. Yes, there are two groups of people that want you to think that Orthodox Jews are Zionists. Group number one are the Zionists, and group number two are the anti-Semites. The Zionists want you to believe that because they want the world's to think that the state of Israel represents the Jews, that all Jews support Zionism, and that if you're against Zionism, you are against Jews. Take, for example, the following statement by one Mullane Phillips, journalist, commentator, during a debate in England regarding whether anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Now listen. Now, people say anti-Zionism can't be anti-Semitism because some Jews are anti-Zionist. Very true. But in fact, there have always been Jewish anti-Semites. Karl Marx, to name but one, who wrote, quote, the emancipation of the Jews is the emancipation of mankind from Judaism. Yes, a small fringe of ultra-Orthodox Jews campaigns against the state of Israel, but they nevertheless pray every day that the Jews should return to live in Zion free of foreign rule. Their beef is they think the return in Israel is premature and should happen under different conditions. So their problem is a matter of timing. Let me assure you that this is absolutely untrue. You will find this in many places. Other examples include the pro-Zionist website, jewishvirtuallibrary.org. Under the topic, anti-Zionism among Jews, here's what it says, quote, Jews who criticize or oppose Zionism are usually orthodox and maintain that Israel can only be regained miraculously. They view the present state as a blasphemous human attempt to usurp God's role, and many actively work to dismantle the secular state of Israel. However, unlike many Gentile anti-Zionists, 
Jewish anti-Zionists usually firmly believe in the Jewish rights to the land of Israel, but only at the future time of redemption. The best-known group of Jewish religious anti-Zionists are the Nature Karta. End quote. No. Absolutely untrue. First, the issue is not whether the state of Israel has to come miraculously or not. Let me tell you, as a proud, ultra-Orthodox anti-Zionist Jew, as one of these fringe people, these alleged fringe people, rather, if Israel would come miraculously, if the most righteous rabbi would snap his fingers and at that moment a state of Israel would appear, we would be just as much against it. Two, the issue is not one of timing either. Although it is true that the Jews are prohibited to create a state of Israel from a religious perspective, two things that was not merely the view of a fringe and Using the Nature Carta as an example is completely misleading. But more importantly, it's not an issue of timing because what we pray for has nothing to do with what the state of Israel is. It's two completely different things. It's not a question of timing, like Emmeline Phillips said, that we're praying to live on our own, not under foreign rule. That's not the point. In fact, even, under, even living there under Jewish rule is not what we pray for. We pray specifically for a messianic renewal of the world, where the lion will lay down with the lamb and all the messianic prophecies will be fulfilled, where the glory of God will be seen to all and everybody will recognize God's glory. As part of this messianic renewal of the world, a resurrected King David will be sitting on the throne ruling the Jews. Anything less than that is not what we pray for. Anything less than that is not what we yearn for. The prayer that Melaine Phillips claims I pray every day, I didn't recognize when she said it. The prayer that she misrepresented reads as follows. We're talking to God. And to Jerusalem, your city, God, may you return in compassion. May you, God, return to Jerusalem. I don't see anything about us returning as politically independent or as a self-determination movement. God, may you return to your city. And you, God, may you rest within it. As you have said you would. And you build it. Speedily in our days. For all of eternity. And the throne of David, your servant, may you establish within it quickly. Our Jewish legal authorities explain, not just the legal authorities, the legal authorities, the theological works. We are praying for a resurrected King David to be on the throne as part of God's return, God's return to Jerusalem. Elsewhere, in the same prayer, we say, May our eyes witness God, we're talking to God, may our eyes witness your return to the Holy Land in compassion. Blessed are you, God, who restores his presence to the Holy Land. That's what we pray for. 
We pray for God to return to the Holy Land when a resurrected King David will be sitting on the throne, when the lion will lay down with the lamb, the entire world will see, and it will be said on that day, the day of the renewal of the world, the messianic arrival, behold, that is our God. The state of Israel has nothing to do with that. So it's not just a question of timing, not at all. What we're praying for is a is qualitatively so different than what the Zionists have produced, than what the state of Israel is. Now, uh, you're going to tell me, Rabbi, come on, uh, resurrected King David, Messiah, that sounds like religious doctrine. And the answer is yes, it is. The Jews for thousands of years have had a religious longing for a renewal of the world, a messianic renewal of the world not for self-determination, not for independence, not in the slightest. The Jews were never interested in that. It is a completely religious longing. The Jews had no interest, have no interest, the Orthodox Jews, in getting an army, fighting wars, living like the French, the English, or the, the, the Chinese. That was never our goal. We were actually opposed to such a thing. And when we had opportunities, we specifically ignored them. Benjamin Netanyahu's father, Benzin Netanyahu, wrote a biography of one of the Jewish sages, Rabbi Yitzchak Abarbanel, who lived in the 1400s and early 1500s, after he explains that Rabbi Abarbanel, who was the leader of the Jewish people in, those, in that place in those days, had no interest in any self-determination movement for the Jewish people. And, and by the way, remember, Rabbi Abarbanel lived during the expulsion of the Jews from Spain in 1492. He tried very hard to prevent it unsuccessfully. So the older Netanyahu says that Rabbi Abarbanel had no interest in any Jewish self-determination movement. And then he says, quote, only one generation after Abarbanel's time, there appeared a great Jewish statesman with a realistic approach to the Jewish problem and a concrete plan for its solution. I refer to the Duke of Naxos, it's a Greek island, and his plan for the Jewish settlement of Palestine. He issued a call for Jews to begin energetic colonization in the Holy Land, but his call fell on deaf ears. The Jews of his time were accustomed to thinking of the redemption in a supernatural way. Every now and then there were Jews, never rabbinic leaders, but every now and then there who, who thought of an idea and an opportunity for the Jews to become independent. In 1825, there was an American named Mordechai Manuel Noah who wanted to make a, a Jewish state near Buffalo. But when he told the rabbis about it, they told him, no, it would not be a good idea. It is not true that the Orthodox Jews want self-determination in the political sense, just it's a question of timing, or we want it supernaturally, not naturally. No. What the state of Israel is, what we call political self-determination, is not what the Jews are looking for. Not now, not ever. In fact, that's prohibited. And to give you a, a sense of how widespread and deeply embedded this idea was amongst the Jews, you have only to 
Listen to the words of Edwin Montague, the only Jewish member of the British cabinet, at the time of the Balfour Declaration. He was against the Balfour Declaration, and he was against the creation of a state of Israel, for a number of reasons, one of which was, quote, I certainly do not dissent from the view, commonly held as I have always understood by the Jews before Zionism was invented, that to bring the Jews back to form a nation in the country from which they were dispersed would require divine leadership. I have never heard it suggested, even by their most fervent admirers, that either Mr. Balfour or Lord Rothschild would prove to be the Messiah. Now, of course, he oversimplified the idea of divine leadership, but what he said about the Messiah is 100% correct. This distortion that the Jews' prayers next year in Jerusalem or the prayer to return to Zion that I read from the prayer book previously, the distortion that it somehow means that we want political self-determination was invented by the early Zionists. Israel Zangville, for example. Zangville was a Zionist. He, he was born 1864, died 1926. He got up and said, I don't understand. This was in England. I don't understand, he said. The Jews pray all the time next year in Jerusalem, and then when we get up and say, okay, let's do it, they say that we're heretics. Well, yeah. You see, what the Zionists did was they changed a religion into a political policy. Okay, so the widely accepted, very widely accepted, Orthodox Jewish view was that we have no interest in a self-determination movement. In fact, self-determination, particularly in the Holy Land, and particularly if it requires military intervention, which the creation of the State of Israel obviously did, is something that not only we had no interest in, but we opposed, number one, on religious grounds. But that's not really the main opposition to Zionism. That is not even technically opposition to Zionism. That has to do with opposition to creating a state governed by Jews. Zionism is an ideology. It's not a country. There were Zionists, in fact, Israel Zangville was one of them, that had no interest in a state for various reasons. But even if the Zionists never would have created a state... Orthodox Jews still would have opposed Zionism. And the reason is because Zionism denied the religious nature of Jewish identity and instead claimed that Jewish identity is national slash political slash racial. According to Orthodox Judaism and throughout history, this is how the Jews looked at themselves. The definition of a Jew is somebody who has religious obligations given to him by God, by the religion of Judaism, to fulfill the Torah's commandments. If you are obligated to fulfill those commandments, if you are bound by them, that makes you a Jew. If you are not bound by them, then you're not Jewish. You can become Jewish if you want, and becoming Jewish means accepting upon yourself the responsibility to fulfill those commandments. The only definition of a Jew that Jews, until modern times, 
have accepted upon themselves is being bound to fulfilling God's commandments. Judaism creates the Jew. There may have been some quirky exceptions in thousands of years of Jewish history. Benedict Spinoza may have been one of them, depends who you ask. But that was how the Jews defined their Jewishness. You know, the Zionists claim, there are many Zionists who claim that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism because it quote-unquote denies the peoplehood of the Jews, of the Jewish people. Well, the truth is, the Jews are not a political people, and Zionism actually denied the religious essence of Jewish identity. Zionism came and said, Jews, you are not what you think you are. You are really a nationality. The Jewish religion is very simple. Very simple. God gave the Torah to the Jewish people. Everything else is commentary. That's our religion in short. That's our story. The story of the Jewish people. God gave the Torah to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai. That's it. There are three elements to that story. God, the Torah, and the Jews. Those who change the Jewish conception of any of those three things, God, the Torah, and the Jews, obviously are hijacking Judaism, Jewish identity, and Jewish history and making it into something completely different. So, if you change the Jewish conception of God, the monotheistic conception of God, and you say God is a, a totem pole or whatever, so obviously that's not Judaism. And if you say that the Jews believe that, you've completely changed the Jewish story. You're trying to make Judaism into something that it's not. If you take the Torah and change the Jewish conception of what it is, and you make, let's say, a New Testament, and you add to the law with a capital L. So obviously you're creating a new religion, just as if you would change the Jewish conception of God. So too, if you change the Jewish conception of the Jewish people, the third of the three components in the story of the Jews, then you're changing Jewish identity and changing Judaism and, and creating a completely different religion slash ideology slash history. And that's exactly what the Zionists did. They changed the Jewish conception of the Jewish people from people who are tasked with fulfilling the commandments of the Torah to a nation like all other nations. That's considered just as much an assault on Judaism as saying that there are a whole pantheon of gods, like uh, Greek or Norse mythology, it's equally in opposition to Judaism as if you would change the law and say, well, there's a New Testament. Zionism, which changes our conception of the Jewish people, is equally distant from Judaism and equally opposed to it as Greek mythology is and Christianity is. Now, just as in the days of the biblical idol worshippers, those idol worshippers were really Orthodox Jews who also happened to worship idols. As the prophet Elijah said to the Baal worshippers, how long will you take both sides? 
If our God is God, then go worship him. If the Baal is your God, then get out of here. Go worship them. But the Baal worshippers also believed in Judaism. So too, there are so-called religious Zionist Jews who believe in the national character of the Jewish people, but also believe in uh, fulfilling the mitzvahs. And they are no different than the religious Baal worshippers in the days of the Bible. So besides being opposed to the creation of a state of Israel, Orthodox Jews are also opposed to Zionism because it is an assault on the essence of Judaism. No more or less than Christianity is a different religion, so is Zionism, and no more or less than Greek or Norse mythology is a different religion, Zionism is different as well. And just as the Christians put in efforts and still do to convince Jews that their religion really recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. There are Zionists that missionize. There are Zionist missionaries, we can call them, who profess that Judaism believes in Zionism as well. So right there are two reasons why Orthodox Jews are opposed to Zionism, and uh, two religious reasons. There are other reasons why many Orthodox Jews oppose Zionism. One is that Zionism causes anti-Semitism. It increases it. Anti-Semitism obviously existed way before Zionism, but there are things that can exacerbate it, and Zionism is one of them. In fact, Edwin Montague, when he said that he opposes the Balfour Declaration, the other reason he gave, besides the religious reason, is that, well, quote, when the Jews are told that Palestine is their national home, every country will immediately desire to get rid of its Jewish citizens. I am not in the least surprised that the non-Jews of England may welcome this policy, meaning the Balfour Declaration. I have always recognized the unpopularity, much greater than some people think, of my community. End quote. Herzl himself said that the anti-Semites are going to be the most cooperative to assist the Jews in their goal of creating a Jewish state. Zionism exacerbates anti-Semitism for several reasons. Reason number one, Jews are blamed for what Israel does. See, Israel is different than all other countries in the world. Every country claims to be the country of its citizens. Israel claims to be the country of the Jews, meaning in Israel, it's the national homeland of not all its citizens, Others are allowed to live there, but national rights of self-determination apply only to Jews in Israel, and Israel claims to be the nation-state of all Jews all over the world, including me. Nobody asked me. Israel didn't ask me whether I want it to be my state, but it claims it is. There is no other country in the world like that. There are many Muslim countries, but there is no Muslim country that claims it's the nation-state of all Muslims. If you have somebody who was once in Italy and now lives in America, an Italian-American, Italy doesn't claim to be their country anymore, even though they may fondly look back at their heritage of their parents' and their grandparents' lives in, in Italy. But Jews who never lived in Israel and don't plan on living in Israel ever, Israel still claims to be their state. And just as Americans are blamed for what America does, rightfully or wrongfully, certainly you can't blame all Americans for everything America does, but they associate Americans with what America does, and uh, people associate 
Jews with what Israel does. Now, that's unfair. It's wrong. And obviously, it's anti-Semitic. But Israel exacerbates this by telling everybody in the world that they represent the Jews. Eli Groner, when he came to America, who's Netanyahu's uh, assistant, came to America and said that Netanyahu is the leader of the Jews. And Aftoli Bennett referred to Netanyahu as the prime minister of the Jews. Netanyahu himself referred to himself as a leader of the Jews. He came here to America to speak to Congress about Barack Obama's Iran deal. And he said he represents all the Jews, not merely the Israelis, the Jews. I don't want to be associated with a foreign country, period. The land is a holy land to the Jews. There's no question about it. But the country has nothing to do with the Jews. And the fact that they say they're my country, they're the Jewish state, hurts me and my fellow Jews. The fact of the matter is that this is statistically shown. Whenever Israel gets into a controversy, anti-Semitism all over the world goes up. And whenever Israel is not involved in a controversy, anti-Semitism all over the world goes down. Now, obviously, this is not the only factor that brings anti-Semitism up and down, but it is a factor, a very strong one. And you could look at the yearly reports of the Tel Aviv University's Cantor Center for the exact statistics, but that's just a fact. What rights does this country have to say they, they represent me, that they're my state? Furthermore, Zionism prevents Jews, many Jews, from wanting to be part of their Jewish heritage. There are Jews who I've met, and in a future podcast I'm going to interview one of them. Not Orthodox Jews, but Jews nonetheless, who had no interest or have no interest in their Jewishness because they believe falsely that if you're Jewish, that means you're a Zionist. This is another reason to oppose Zionism. Because it's bad for Jewish continuity. So on the 73rd anniversary of the creation of the State of Israel, there is no reason for Jews to celebrate, and certainly not Orthodox Jews, who believe in the traditional version of Jewish identity. Thanks for listening to Committing High Reason. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or review for the latest from Rabbi Shapiro. And to sign up for his newsletter, head on over to committinghighreason.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.